Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome. We are on episode 20 of Hot Take from the Kitchen. It is July 30th, 2018. It was a warm one today. You have a random straight cat in front of your front yard, <laughs> and it's totally occupied me. Sorry, it's headed over your neighbors. Your neighbors know who they are, or their listeners, maybe possibly. So, um, yeah, it's a brown and white. I don't, I don't see it. No, I think you're it, making it up. No, it's over in Anne's yard now. So, anyways, yeah, twenty thirds of our way, two thirds of the way there, and we have a really good, like, I guess if you want to consider the last third of this first chunk, we have a really good starting with Jackie. So, <laughs> I'm, I mean, like, seriously, the people that we have coming on, like, they should be all cool. I'll bring something neat. So I'm excited. No pressure. Oh. <laughs> Just keep those suggestions for episode 30 coming. That's some good ones. The Die Hard 2 one, I'm kind of feeling that one a little bit. Just because I'm like, maybe, can we get Bruce Willis? Probably not, but it's always good to shoot for the moon, you know? Can an impersonator. Yeah. Nobody you, would know. Uh, do you remember Al Pena? No, he probably doesn't, <laughs> you know? So, like, I don't know. I don't know either. All right. You can find us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Hot Take from the Kitchen. And email. Email address is hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. It's H-O-T-T-A-K-E-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-K-I-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. And we actually got another email last week. Mailbag. It's popping now. So this email is from Amy Martin. She is a co-worker, and she is in the cube to my left on, at work. So it's nice of her to listen. And she wrote, Hi, guys. Yesterday I listened to your podcast, and Karen emailed in a question, and I have one of my own to piggyback with hers. Other than your parents, who in your life has influenced you the most and why, and does that person know? Thanks, Amy. Um, I'm... Don't have one particular person that's influenced me the most. It's pretty much everybody that's come into my life has influenced me in some way or another, whether good or bad, but it's mostly good. So if they don't know now, they do if they listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, God, when you showed me that email, I thought about it a while and I was like, I don't know if there's like one person. I mean, obviously my mom adopted me, so like she was very influential, obviously. So, um, but I don't know if I really have a person. I always the term, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. Like I really feel like I've had a whole bunch of people throughout my life that have really um, come to me at different moments throughout my life and, um, you know, chipped in, so to speak. So, yeah. a lot of people in our lives. Yeah. Sorry if we didn't answer your question. <laughs> we kind of pumped out. We did. We took the easy way out. But Maybe we'll come back to it at the end of the episode. Maybe. All right. All right. So mm-hmm. Why don't we move down to hot takes? Or do you want to, I think we should do something new. I think we should talk about introduce who we have. All right. So we have Jackie. Yes, yeah, so our guest tonight is Jackie Krawcheck. She is... The executive director. Is that your title? President. 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 In the Chamber of... Commerce here in town. So it's a big get for us. We're going to get a, a scoop, maybe. 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 Chamber yeah. of Secrets. Can we call it the Chamber oh, of Secrets God. today? Oh, my God. <laughs> Harry Potter. Like, so I'm in on okay. segments already. So. <laughs> All right. All right, now we are going to move on to our hot takes for today, and we have three. Two of them are courtesy of Steve, and one is from me, so we'll start with one from Steve. And New Zealand, a new, a new Zealand company might make four-day work weeks permanent. They found that they were more productive um, and that everybody overall was happier working four days instead of five. Brilliant. <laughs> I just know I just saw a study that said that we should only be working five hours a day too. Oh really? Mm-hmm. We're more productive. We're not really all that productive in the last couple hours of the day. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I can I'm see that. You do a lot. Well, I guess 
we can kind of whatever. So I always wonder, like, as a person that does a lot of speaking, or you do, or who's done some at least, I always find it interesting when I've gone to a lot of things and they like ramble on. Mm-hmm. When we know, like, the attention span, I mean, mine's a lot shorter than 55 minutes, but um, I just always find that weird when someone will be like, just sit up there for four hours and you know, after hour two, you know, you've already forgotten everything mm-hmm. that's it. So, yeah. somebody take notes. <laughs> or bring your iPad or something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, nothing should really last more than an hour or two, depending on what it is. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, our second topic. A swarm of kangaroos, swarms of kangaroos are swarming the Australian capital of Canberra because of a food shortage. So it's kind of like a kangaroo apocalypse going on. Like Planet of the Apes, but kangaroos. Yeah. Kind of so a group of kangaroos is called a swarm. I guess yeah. there's. Oh, I learned something. Yeah, <laughs> yes. educational. Now. Yeah, we're educational. All right. We, we need to change your category. Yeah. Um, it would be flock herd. I guess it'd be interesting. A swarm. A swarm. A swarm. They're swarming the city, and they're swarms of kangaroos. Hmm. They're hungry. So are they like? Are they, they're not hurting humans. Not that I know. I didn't really read the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> How does that work? I guess they're coming into the town and feeding on the grass. Where they're usually at, there is no grass. Well, let me tell you something. I know a couple people that would happily donate their grass to these <laughs> kangaroos. Casey's going to be out there now. Casey would be <laughs> candidate number A. The mayor would be no, my friend, the mayor, not Matt Weldor, but somebody I can nickname the mayor, Jason. Yeah. He would be all about making kangaroos as he could get. Plus, I think he'd want to box it if he came home from work one day, maybe. You bad idea. If they eat weeds, they could come to my house. I like it. Yeah. Don't we, eat my backyard. We could yeah. uh, do something here. We may be on something. Right. <laughs> all right. And our third topic, Alan Trammell and Jack Morris were inducted into the Hall of Fame this yesterday. So two tigers making it into the Hall of Fame. It's not a bit bad deal there. I just need Lou Whitaker in there with Alan Trammell. I heard that they could get him in by some like backdoor way. They yeah, could, it's baseball Hall of Fame is weird. Yeah, like he has to go now a certain period before he can be brought up, and then once he's brought up, if it's, it's the veterans committee, yeah, the veterans committee now. So. Um, my childhood, right there in a nutshell. Yeah. So, I mean, like, um, the 84 Tigers are a big deal in my life. So, like, it was pretty cool. It was only three. But, yeah. I know. I mean, yeah, I'm showing my age right now. <laughs> but still, I mean, there is, you know, like Kirk Gibson. Well, I'm, we won't bore people. Those who know, know. I know who the people are. Yeah. So, so I thought it was pretty cool. And yeah. But, yes, it is important to bring up Lou because he was 50% of whatever tram. So, all right. But it was a slow hot take. I mean, I kind of combed. I even went back in in the afternoon really quick to see if I could find something that maybe would be fun. And I really didn't see anything. I saw one about there's matter. Scientists found around the black hole, but it's like, no. It's yeah. something I don't, can't really talk about. And since we kind of <laughs> steer away from politics, which there were some of that on yeah. there, too. Well, that's every day. I did see one that didn't know whether we wanted to comment on, but um, the James Gunn thing. With the Guardians Galaxy oh, yeah. and all that else. But I think it would be an interesting thing. Of, um, of, there seems to be a large amount of people now that they're unearthing tweets and things that have happened like 10 years ago and they're all pulling them out and it's a lot of inappropriateness. And, yeah, the baseball players. Uh, yeah, baseball players too. was a strike away from the no-hitter and then these old tweets were popping up. So, I don't know. thought about talking about that too, but... Or just pass. I think, it, yeah, it's a slippery slope. It is. So, all right. Well, we'll come back. We'll start talking with Jackie. All right. Sounds good. So, Jackie. Steve. Um, we've known each other for a while, right? <laughs> uh huh. So, why, for the people that don't know you, which 
think everyone knows. I you, feel like everybody knows. Yeah. Me, yeah. <laughs> um, why don't you just give a little brief about about yourself, whatever you want to share with the people, and we'll go from there. You want like history? Yeah. Background? Like, did you, okay. I mean, I think you grew up in Alpena, right? I did. Okay. Okay, so I'll just give you the yeah. short story. Um, yes, I was. I lived in Posen for four years. If you know where that's at, moved to Alpena, graduated from Alpena High School, went to Alpena Community College. Went to Saginaw Valley, bachelor's degree in um, communication. Go Cards. Go Cards, yay. Um, when I was done with that degree, I felt like I needed to do something else. Didn't know what to do, so I went to Central for a master's degree in communication. Um, not fire up chips. I'm way more a cardinal than I am Arch. a chip. Cardinal at heart. Yes. Um, and then I, so I got my master's degree, moved back to Alpena for my job, thinking I'd be here two years. It's 11 years later. And here I am. Well, it certainly seems like you've, it's been good that you've stayed. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you've, not like you yourself have done a lot, but it certainly seems like you've been part of this um, resurgence for a lack of better term. Mm-hmm. seems like there's a lot of positive momentum going on right now. So, um, work with the chamber. Yes. So, what I'll do... First of all, let's talk about the chamber and what all the chamber does. Because I think some people have different visions or views of what a chamber should do. Yes, that's very true. So, well, you're an ambassador, so you should tell everybody what a chamber does. Well, my <laughs> understanding of what a chamber does is... You don't really have to. Oh, no, but maybe okay. I can tell you what I think and then you tell me if I'm right or okay. wrong. So, and then maybe Brad can go, too. I'm going to throw something at you. Okay. <laughs> so, I believe it is a entity that helps bring businesses together that help grow the businesses themselves. That's a really good answer. <laughs> yes. Um, so I can give you guys like a true or false thing where you tell me things are true or false, but I'll just, I'll just talk about it. Uh, so chambers are nonprofit business associations. So we're private business associations and that's basically our mission is to work with our members. Um, so membership driven to, and we work through them and with them to create a better business atmosphere. And then that kind of leaves the door open to interpretation. And that's why so many people think chambers should do this and other people think they should do that. And the chambers that end up getting themselves in trouble is when they're trying to do it all for everybody. Um, so we've been pretty focused on who we are as a chamber and where we can deliver the most value and not let ourselves get spread too thin. Yeah, I think... <clears throat> I think your leadership has been important with that because I think some of the things I've learned, I just went through this whole schooling thing. So leadership <laughs> was a big part of uh-huh. like what we, if I could pick two things that I learned from that whole master's program was leadership and empathy were the two things I learned. So, but I found that having leadership that is able to focus your group to be able to, and whatever that may be. And it seems like you've done a really good job of kind of, setting the direction at least you wanted the chamber to go. Um, thank you. <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm a big student of leadership. So I've spent a lot of time um, learning about leadership and reading about it. And now and I think we'll talk about that later, but teaching it, coaching it. Uh, so I am a strong believer in developing your leadership skills and being an effective good leader um, versus somebody who just by virtue of their title has a leadership role, but um, may not actually be a very good leader. So I try very hard to always keep that in mind, you know, like just because you have this position doesn't automatically make you a leader and, you know, continue to learn. And one of my favorite sayings is tattooed on my arm, but um, and core Amparo just means like I'm a forever student. You should always be, you know, learning. And so that's my subject that I like to learn is leadership. Yeah, I think I enjoy, like, reading books about different things mm-hmm. and um, maybe necessarily hearing what's worked for different people because sometimes it's like a locker combination, you know, not, different things work for different people, mm-hmm. right? So, um, well, let me ask you guys this. Um, so you said Alpina Resurgence is the word that you sure. used. And I would agree with you, and I do not – that's not all on me what happened – with that, oh yeah, is, I, yeah, yeah. I, I like people so like that. A lot of people do give me credit for that, and it's not me. But what happened, and the reason it appears that way, is because I was the first kind of community leader position that t- turned over to like new, fresh, 
energetic. And then the rest of them all did within the next five or six years. So I kind of like started that ball rolling, but it really wasn't me. It was just the timing of it all. So, but anyway, the question I would have for you guys is when you say resurgence, like what have you noticed is different in this community in the last several years? You're going to go first. Anything that involves you talking always excites me. Unless you want me. Unless <laughs> you were. So I can stall and think. Okay. Yeah. But all right, I like that. So I think two things have changed for me over the last couple of years. First thing is it doesn't seem to be as dorky to be from Alpino. Yes. Right? There seemed to be a stigma attached to it. Yes. And now that stigma doesn't happen as much. Mm-hmm. It still happens, of course, but that's no different than... You have people that live in LA or have lived in LA, they dog it in New York, pick a city, somebody's gonna say right. something bad about it. So, you know, I'm not as naive to think that no one's gonna say nothing bad, but it's almost kind of cool in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, we just were over in Traverse City last weekend, and a couple of people were like, Oh, I like LP, and it's, and they're like, just because you get the growth problem they have there, they're like, it's very right. chill. You know, that's the word someone used for me, which I kind of dug. I liked it. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. And the second thing, it seems like, I don't think it necessarily has to do with Alpina, but the economy seems to be, uh, has improved, which of course trickles down. So, right. Yeah. So, okay. well, that first point, or one of the points you made, I don't know, but you've probably heard, you know, you can't, no one, like as an individual, no one else can love you until you love yourself. It's the same thing for a community. Like we hated ourselves. We thought we didn't deserve anything. We thought we were like the stepchild that nobody wanted, that they left in the basement and nobody paid attention to. Uh, hopefully that's not really happening anywhere, but uh, <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's who we thought we were. We didn't deserve the best. And so now we've changed that. And so you're right. Like we have pride in ourselves now. And so other people are starting to see like, wow, Alpina is actually a really cool place. You know, they love themselves so we can love them too. So, so Brad, as a person, <laughs> so and, much pressure. And, well, here I'll, I'll leave you a little bit because I'll give some people some background. Brad went to Saginaw Valley and came home, and then for a while there, Brad was thinking about leaving Alpena, mm-hmm. which you know if he would have probably found the right opportunity. Yes, you were you were open to it. Yes, but he even moved down to Ann Arbor. Yep, yeah, he didn't move to Ann Arbor for a little while, but he's got a great job now and bought this house, and you're in there now. We have kitchen. So as a person that's kind of maybe had the opportunity to, but stayed. I still like the big cities. Mm-hmm. Alpina's is growing on me. And it's, it's a small town, but it, for some reason it has a big town feel. Right. And you've, there's more culture here than I thought there was before. There's the art walks and all this other stuff downtown. And downtown's becoming more vibrant. And there's other stores that have come in, big box stores and small stores that makes shopping easier and sometimes more difficult. But it's just Alpina's growing on me, I guess. And I actually like it here now. It does that, yeah. yeah. And I, so when. When I started, I thought that I wanted to go into um, public relations and marketing for a health system. So I was doing some research on that. And I talked to somebody who used to work at our hospital, but had moved to another community. And when I called him to talk just about the industry and whatever, what he said to me, and I will never forget this. He said, get out as soon as you can, because Alpina is like a poison. If you stay there too long, people won't take you seriously as far as like your um, professional background. And I was so angry. Like when people say stuff like that to me, that's like a challenge to make it not that way and prove him wrong, you know? And so I feel like we are proving that attitude wrong. I know when I get in a Facebook rabbit hole where eventually somebody will say something like, oh, there's nothing to do or, you know, it's a retirement town. I just really want to just parachute into that conversation, just start throwing grenades. But I've learned to not do it as much. Not on social media, but face-to-face have at it. Yeah. Because they they won't say it face-to-face. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I've been around, you know, just this weekend, we, where were we? I forgot where I was Sunday, yesterday, and I saw someone in there. I knew they weren't from Malpina, I could tell. And they were just like, and I was just talking to them, and he's like, yeah, it's just yeah, a really nice town here. And just, I don't know, just being friendly to people. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think, were you with me at the ROV 
competition last year or two years ago. We went to Scoops for ice cream. And Matt was with me. And there was just like, I mean, Alpino had like a thousand, couple thousand people in there that weren't from it. Right. And we were at Scoops and the line was out the door down the road. And so you're waiting there. And so you're just talking to all these random people, finding out where they're from. And they're from all over the world. And um, I'll just never forget some of the people just talking to them, finding out where they're from and just what they thought of Alpino. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I think a lot of outsiders like it more than some of the people that live here. But like you said, that's common for a lot of cities. But I love it here, and I want to stay here. Uh, maybe not in this job. <laughs> I love my job, but you can only do something for so long, right? Um, but I do. I want. I love this town, and there's so much to do. I went fishing. We saw that I went fishing last night, and the boat. The person that owned the boat was saying that he just gets so tired of hearing people say there's nothing to do. He said that's their own ignorance if they feel that way because there's so much to do here. Some of it, I think, you don't really realize until you get away a little bit, mm -hmm. and you know, you take it for granted. Right. I mean, water alone, or at least I should say water access, right. was one of the few things when I moved away for that short period of time, something I didn't even realize, just because I grew up around all the time. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? And then went, and you get, I was in Adrian, and there's no water around Adrian, mm -hmm. and I was like, geez, oh, Pete, what's going on right now? And it was just really crazy to, you know, what do you mean you have Lake Huron? What then? A bike ride? Doesn't everybody have that? So, yeah. That's how I felt in Mount Pleasant. I When I moved there the first summer, I said, where can I go swimming here? And they told me about this awesome place that everybody swims, and it was like a puddle. <laughs> and everybody was there, and it was in a river, and it was just, it was awful. And, you, yeah, you're right. You really miss the, the water and, like, the access and nature that we have here. Anything else you like, Brad? <laughs> Anything else I like? Anything else you like to add? I just like hearing you talk. That answer was some of the longest I've ever heard you talk on this pod, like continuously. <laughs> so I was all. You no, know I can't talk for a long time. I know. So all right. So um, back to the chamber. Okay. So we kind of know what it does. Um, do you have anything cooking for the future? I mean, I know we have some things that we're I'm partly planning. I guess so you have the girl crowd coming up. Mm -hmm. And then we have Red, White, Blue Review. Yeah. And then, other you're, than that. Then you're it, doing good. <laughs> then, well, then it seems like then it starts all over again, right? It goes annual to dinner and then. Yeah, I mean, we've got, you know, education events in the meantime. And we've got good midday Alpine and good morning Alpine events. And we have uh, leader cast women, which is not just for women. It's just all women leaders that speak at it. Uh, you know, and on that, so maybe it's, maybe I'm biased because I do love the study of leadership so much and developing my own leadership, but that those events, the leader cast events are events that I wish more people would attend. Like the people that do attend they've said, wish we could just broadcast this into people's TVs for the day. Like everybody should see this information. Um, but you know, people make that choice whether or not to participate, but those are a couple of events that I wish we would see more people at. Um, I think there's always value in developing your own leadership skills. So we have, yeah, we have those coming up. And then you're right, we start, well, we'll start soon on annual dinner planning. Coming up with that theme should be always the hardest part of that event. So, um, and then we also, I think behind the scenes, what people don't see us doing, because it's easy to see the events and all that. But I think what people don't see that we do, but is a big part of what we do is the advocacy. So, you know, right now we're working on the ballot proposals. What are we going to support? What are we going to oppose? Um, what are we going to do about the election? Are we going to educate on anything? Are we going to host any forums? And then just different legislative issues from local or government issues all the way up to federal legislation. Constantly working on that stuff, just pro-business support. Um, <clears throat> do you think it's one of the things I always like that you guys do to do is in your newsletter, you'll send out um, information about the ballot where people can mm -hmm. find stuff. Because I think it's really hard to figure out not only what's going to be on the ballot, but then to try to educate yourself one way or the other to even figure out what to do. Mm -hmm. um, so we have some really cool things that are up on this ballot. I know there's a ACC Millage. I know there's a Township Fire um, Millage on there. So those are both important ones that you know really can affect our community. Right. And, it, you're, and you're right. I mean, voters don't typically educate themselves entirely well. <laughs> I'm trying to say that carefully. And we want to provide them that opportunity. 
Um, because sometimes you vote one way on something and the reality of what that actually does is different than what you might read on that, on that ballot that day. Uh, so we do try to put out some resources that we, we, it's rare for us to actually take a position. We do a lot more education than we do take positions. And uh, we just want people to be able to have the resources right at their fingertips. Yeah. I, I know, um, the weekly newsletter, mm-hmm. um, my wife and I even text throughout the day about when, when it comes out. Oh, yeah? um, like, hey, did you see, like, uh, the Italy trip, for example? Yeah. We are excited about that. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> she was like, when you go in Wednesday, make sure you find out whatever you can find out about it. You guys so, thinking about going? Yeah. So those trips are so much fun. Do you get our emails? Yeah, I, I should sign you up for those. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's nodding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're a good idea. I knew nothing about any of the trips. <laughs> well, so we did a China trip where we took about 40, 40-ish people to China a couple of years ago. And then we did an Ireland trip where we took 30-ish people to Ireland. And our next trip is next year to Italy. And they're chamber trips, so we work with a company to put the whole trip together. It's all planned out. It's super easy for the traveler. You barely have to do anything. Um, and it's just a great experience because it is um a way to get people thinking outside the box of their own community but then the other thing that we learned kind of a a value we didn't expect out of it is how close that group of travelers comes together and so now they're like lifelong friends and that's a huge value to a community so when they come back they end up going out to dinner together and they you know get involved in community fundraisers together and different things like that so that's been a kind of an unintended or unexpected um, outcome of those trips but it's been really valuable for us and for the community. How long is it? The trip? Yeah. I think it's eight days. Oh, see, I can handle eight days. I think. Oh, yeah. Well, and two of them are in an airplane. So <laughs> Italy is not that bad, though. That's a pretty short flight. China was a long flight. China was the first one where I was like, oh, my gosh, I really – because I just knew the odds of me ever having some like that. I mean, I'm sure I could find another group travel like that, mm-hmm. but one from your town with people – that you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the idea of a shared experience sounds amazing. So. Yeah, I wanted this trip personally to be to Vietnam. That is a long trip. And um, it didn't, when we did the survey, it didn't come out on top. So <laughs> I lost, but I'll take Italy. <laughs> I would uh, go to Vietnam just for cheap Jordans if I could possibly <laughs> be away with it. I think we'll get to that topic later. Yeah. <laughs> Foreshadowing. So, uh, yeah, so I appreciate your little discussion about Chamber. And then uh, I think we're going to move on to your kind of your side endeavor, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my, I'm a pretty um, open person. So I say these things and then after I say them, I think maybe I shouldn't tell everybody <laughs> this stuff yet. But my ultimate career goal would be to be an author, speaker, um, leadership, trainer, coach type person. I don't know what the name for that is. It's like do a little of everything, but um, so I do have an LLC that I run. It's really creative name. It's just my name, LLC. <laughs> uh, but the reason I started this LLC was because I had people asking to pay me to do consulting work for them. Um, a lot of other chambers are, are nonprofits, and so I decided to do it because I was doing it anyway, so why not get paid for it, right? Um, but with that, I always had in mind is I wanted to write a book and I wanted to do a lot more public speaking, motivational speaking. Um, and a lot of it, and this is where like the serious part of this conversation happens. Um, <laughs> a lot of it comes from like different personal family struggles that I've been through, which I mean, you, I'm sure a lot of people are aware of them, but from an eating disorder forever. Um, and it's something that never goes away. You constantly struggle with that your whole life, kind of like an addiction. In fact, it's a lot like an addiction, and I'm not sure why it's not in the addiction spectrum. But anyway, that's a different topic. Um, So that to a family member who was an alcoholic, and there's so many stories about that, you know, that our family went through with that experience. Um, Depression. So along with the eating disorder, I was diagnosed with depression. So struggle with that. And then most recently, of course, is my sister was killed by a drunk driver. And so now, you know, there's that struggle that all – the lessons and like everything that you learn is kind of intertwined. And so what you learn and get strength from in other instances then carries through to things that are going to happen in your future. And I like to talk about that and to talk to people 
um, about how you don't have to let those things be such a roadblock to you that you can't be happy and successful because it's completely possible to get through those things. Yeah. I think people seems like, and it goes across the spectrum, struggle with letting bad things define them. They do. And it's, and it's not easy for me to sit here and say, well, you know, just, you know, you move on, you know, and so, I mean, I can very relate. My dad, um, my dad literally drank himself to death, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, it was something, but I was, it happened to me at a much younger age and something that I didn't really understand what was going on at the time. And then of course, when I was a teenager, I had some anger issues with it because I really didn't, couldn't really understand it. And of course, but now I'm older and so forth. I've grown from it. Right. You know, but, um, it's really interesting to, I know I've spoken to some, um, different groups at times about going through that and, um, I don't know, I think if you can share the message, like you said, that, you know, try not to let some of these moments define you. I think it's important to do it. Right. And I see it's really sad to me. The the whole um, mental health crisis, I would call it, in our, in our country. So you see people struggling and you see girls in high school and college age that, and even adults. Um, mostly, I talk to women mostly, but men definitely struggle with these things too. Uh, but you see them and they, they don't even want to talk about it because it's just such a scary thing to talk about. You know, if I break my arm, you're going to say, what did you do? When do you get your cast off? Um, Can I help you with anything? Or I can say, I need to go home because I broke my arm, go home from work because I broke my arm or a family member passed away. You know, those things we can talk about and everyone's understanding, right? They might even ask you questions. But if I go to work and I say, I need a mental health day because I'm really struggling right now. That's like really taboo and people don't understand it unless they've been there. But yet it goes on, like there's people you work with, there's people you work with that are struggling with that stuff every single day. And we need to talk about it more and we need to understand it as a, an illness or a, um, a medical issue, just like any other medical issue that you can see and grasp and are okay with. I had a person I worked with today said, I need to take some time off to recharge just because without whining about my job, so much of our job can be just getting beat up. Like, mm-hmm. I need another $500 or you know, blah, blah, blah. So you spend a large part of your day just getting the crap kicked out of you. And after eight months of it, you just need to take a day away where you're just like, I just want to feel good about myself right. today. <laughs> I don't want to be the salesperson everybody hates today. Yeah. So, and I told him, like, you should probably take like a Friday and Monday off. Yeah. Because listening to the person, I was like, just take the take some time off and mm-hmm. like recharge and, you know, try to like relax your mind because, you know, that just burn out so easy to do. Um, the Lord knows I burned myself out just a little while ago. And I was just like, just spent, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, just emotionally, mentally, you know, physically I felt fine, but I just, just literally just felt like sitting there and just staring, you know, right. just didn't have nothing left in me. Yeah. So what like, good are you to anyone in your life at that point? Right. You know, you need to take those breaks and I, you know, and that's it. All of this stuff is an ongoing work. You know, you have to work at it all the time. You can't just say, like, oh, I'm just going to do it, and it comes naturally the rest of your life. Um, But I would say that since my sister's accident, that is something that um, I've become way more aware of and way more lenient with myself as far as, you know, Jackie, you don't have to work 60 hours a week. Like, you can get up, and you don't have to be to work at 8 o'clock or 7.30. You can go paddleboarding first, or you can go do, you know. So I'm learning, you know, I continuously learn that value, and, I still see in so many people, though, that they're not doing that and they are going to get burnt out and they are going to struggle with these issues and they're not going to be of value as a parent or spouse or um, employee or whatever their roles are in life. We kind of got to where I wanted to ask you. One of the things I thought about was I have this part of me. I don't want to say it's an introvert side, but there's a part of me like I know introverts when they get around a lot of crowds and they get around a lot of people it can like where I'm where mm-hmm. I'm. And I have that part of me where I'm just like. Mm-hmm. And well, but you and I are kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. You're so more, Brad's raising his hand. Yeah. <laughs> but, I'm, yeah, but I'm much more extroverted <laughs> than you. But I do. And what I was wondering is, I have as, as, as extroverted as I am, I do have this introverted part of me that just wants to climb in a hole sometimes, yeah. you know, or put the bucket over my head. And I know you're pretty extroverted as well, whether you want to be or not. And I just didn't know if you had that same side and then had those 
you have that part of you that you need to recharge to. Absolutely. So, and I know exactly what you're saying. So I have a friend who, if she has one social event a week, she's exhausted and can't do any, like any other social events that week. I'm kind of the opposite. If I, if I have all social events every night of the week, as long as I have one or two nights to myself, I'm good. Uh, So it does work that way. But what's interesting is I'm not as extroverted, I think, as people think that I am. Um, I do. I love talking to people, but I am not the type of person that can feel comfortable going into a room of strangers or even people I know and just schmoozing. I would so much rather be volunteering or give me a job to do. I would rather do that and still be able to talk to people. But I'm not so extroverted that I can just walk in and strike up a conversation. And I think that that surprises people a lot because I come across that way, but it's, that's really forced, but it's a good thing to practice. Brad. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it does take practice. Some people just have it, but I don't. And put me to work, you know, speaking of that, I think I just emailed you about wanting to work at yes. the United Way event. So. I was going to work that in there too today. Okay. So but, yeah, that's, and, uh, it's, it's a, it's a perfect example of that. Yeah. That's, I would rather go to that event and work at it and network all night long, but with a job to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think it's weird because there's a part of me that feeds off that, you know, meeting people and mm-hmm. digging out. But then there's this other part of me that I just, it's like the hamster wheel needs to take a break. Like, yeah. you just like, just tapping out. So, well, and I, I'll relate that back to my whole eating disorder. You know, I, that was a huge trigger for me. And I didn't realize that is if I spent too much time where I felt like others were controlling my time, those were the days that my eating disorder was at its worst. So, those are the days that I would get sick on purpose. Um, so, if, I had to really learn how to control my own time and my own life. So if I feel like I need a break and I don't want to go to that wedding or that whatever it is, then I need to learn to say no and not feel guilty about it because I know it'll just send me into like that spiral. Um, And that's what was really hard for me to work on for so long is figuring that pattern out. Um, So one of the things I know that I've read or you've done some writing on, Mm -hmm. first of all, I want to pause. So are you writing a book? I am. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> it's um, in a very rough draft form. <laughs> Let's cool. just say that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I'm researching publishing options. So um, there's so it's so hard to get a book published anymore. And I'll rephrase that. It's actually really easy if you have a ton of money. I don't. <laughs> um, so it's more challenging because you have to figure out what avenue is going to be your best bet. Right. Yeah. So, yes, I am writing a book. That's pretty exciting. It's really exciting. Yeah, when it's more to fruition you have to come on back on sure yeah, so. how about when it's published yeah published. Okay. Yeah. for a 1995 <laughs> you can buy it <laughs> That's awesome. yeah no that'd be great yeah so um i like how you um it just happened to be at the time of my life where like, the schooling where you were talking about empathy mm-hmm. and how much that uh plays just in with different roles of not only business but leadership and um i guess i just wanted to talk to you a little bit about that and um how you, how it can relate to different avenues, not just in business, but how it, across life. And so let me ask you this. I, the last time I think I, I, you read or wrote, I read you, um, <laughs> sorry. Um, you were talking about how it's definitely teachable for the people that don't have it. Yes. And how you can work on it. Why don't we, uh, why don't I get you an idea of what's a way we could improve on that? Well, I think in a, I think a little bit you're talking about emotional intelligence. Yes. And empathy is part of that. Yeah. Okay, so I'll talk about emotional intelligence, which is actually another topic that I mean it's it's a leadership topic, so it's something that I I love reading about. Um, I guess you said that about uh, people from Alpena, and we're not like it's not dorky to be from here anymore, but yet like so many of us are complete nerds in our own way. <laughs> uh, this is my nerd way, I guess. But um, so you can. Emotional intelligence is something that you can improve. And the best way to do it is to really examine yourself and how you react with people. And more importantly is how they respond to you. So are people comfortable sharing things with you? Are they shy around you? Are they nervous around you? Do they tend to clam up around? I mean, look at all of those things and really examine how people respond to you. Ask your closest friends and family to give you input that like you trust them to do that for you and you're not going to get into some fight about it. Um, and then to practice those things. 
So force yourself to do the things that you're not that good at. Um, I One thing that I, t- I teach in communication classes is a big part of communication is listening. I'm a terrible listener. I, I get too distracted. Like I'm looking out the window and I see bike, bikers go, you know, and I have to force myself, like consciously say, focus, you know, or you, my phone slipped over right now because I know that it would distract me if it wasn't. So that's like for me, listening is the thing that I'm constantly working on and practicing. So it's really all about practicing. And, and discovering those ways that you want to improve by by um, really focusing internally on yourself. And if, if you're so disconnected with yourself, it's asking other people. And if I know you well enough, I'm always more than happy to tell people what I notice. <laughs> uh, but that's really what it is. Practice. Learn about yourself as much as you can and practice. I have a note on my computer. So if you're buying a car, you're sitting here and the computer's here and it says, Two ears, one mouth, because mm-hmm. I'm terrible at it. And I know I do it, and part of it, it is, I don't know if, but you're right, I'm, I'm just as guilty at it. If I start to listen to someone, I'll out the window, and away it goes. I mean, I think the cat got me at the beginning of the night, so, <laughs> I mean, I'll admit it, so. Well, and this, so the sticky note, well, I have several at my desk, but one of them says, listen to understand not to reply. You know, so that's kind of my reminders, like listen, not to come up with your next response, but to actually listen to what they're saying. Um, But something is interesting in what you just said about this emotional intelligence is that if you find that when you talk to people that they do tend to zone out and that happens a lot with a lot of people, the problem might not be they're listening. It might be that you aren't communicating effectively. So you're talking in circles or you're repeating yourself too much or you're not staying on topic or you're not getting to the point quick enough. And so that's a really big sign, too, is, well, maybe the problem's not with their listening, but it's with you. Well, I like it. I like anything that says, hey, it might not be my fault. Okay, well, <laughs> now I feel like you're just going to no. take that. <laughs> I'm proud of it. Yeah. No. Not my fault. My it's fault. not me. <laughs> oh, man, I forgot. There was something else I wanted to ask you. That's why I should have brought my notepad. I forgot. Shame, shame. Shame. That's shame. okay. <laughs> well, here, let's go to the top five because we have a great top five this week. I know <laughs> it'll knock it loose up here in my brain. So, unless Brad wants to say something, Brad leaves usually the interview portion to me, and then he does the intro. The hot I chime in once in a while. I know it's funny. Clips. It's oh amazing. no, I know what we were gonna do before we get to that. Can we switch to remember? I don't know if. You saw this. It was in the thing you guys sent me. We were going to give Brad some speaking tips. Oh, yes. That's yes. So one of the, I'll tell you a story, but I'll also tell you, um, <laughs> one of the things that I do is I do some coaching for speaking and I taught at central, I taught, um, speak, speaking speech classes and communication classes there. And I had one student, she was terrified of public speaking, but it's a required class. So they have to take it. It was either that or theater. So, I mean, I'd rather publicly speak than be in theater. Right. So, yeah, unless you get wear a mask. Our guest last week was trying to, I think we almost had Brad in a, in a play last week. Oh, is that how you knew I had a roommate from the theater? Yeah. From last week? I must have missed that part. Because I listened to some of his, but I do have a theater roommate right now. It's been a, it's been a good, it's been a fun, interesting summer. But, uh, so I had this student who was terrified and she would cry. I mean, she couldn't do, they had to do three speeches. So for her first speech, she came to me and said, I can't, I can't get in front of the class and do this. And I said, well, I'll just come to my office hours and we'll practice. So she came to my office hours and we had what was called a bullpen at the time. And we all, all of the teaching students, we all shared an office. So I made sure no one else was there. Turn off the lights because it's a little more comfortable when it's not bright lights on you. And I just had her read her speech to me. So we did that a few different times. And then I said, can I invite two other teachers in? And she said, sure. So then she practiced with a few other teachers. And then a couple days later, she came back and I said, can we turn on the lights and add more teachers? So we kept building up to where, and she was practicing the same speech over and over. So then I got to the point where um, she had to do it in the classroom. So for her first speech, I said, we could turn the lights off and I will tell everybody in here to face the back of the room. So she got up there and we turned the lights off. She fa- they faced the back of the room and she nervously with tears delivered her speech. By the third speech, they could face forward. We could have the lights on, um, but they all had to look at their shoes. So she had come a long way in that. So my advice to you or anybody else who's looking for speaking advice, and it's the best thing that you can do is practice. And it seems so simple, but that's the truth. 
practice in front of your mirror, practice recording yourself, video and um, audio, just, you know, either way. Uh, practice in front of friends, practice when you're in the car, practice when you're in the shower, practice all the time. And when you practice, practice from start to finish. Don't stop to take notes or change anything in it. Do that after the fact, because otherwise then you're practicing to stop. And so it kind of messes with you when you're speaking. So practice, 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 and from start to finish. Great. There you go. <laughs> On my way over here, I was listening to this today's GL and Jacoby. Have you listened to it yet? So I don't I won't ruin it for you, will I? Okay. I just want to make sure you didn't care. So they had a meeting talking about actually doing Jacoby's going on, on vacation. And typically when Jacoby goes on vacation, they don't they don't do a pod. Jalen, the other half, can be gone and they'll run pods all day long with other people. But Jacoby's kind of been the central figure. <laughs> Jalen told Jacoby today that they're talking about finding a replacement for him. <laughs> And just to listen to him, like, what? what are you talking about? And so maybe you could just run the whole pot. That's where I was going with that whole thing. That's a great idea. You could work up to that. But I mean, I, but what you're saying, like, we, we have a good chunk. I mean, you already spell hot take really good. I mean, I couldn't even do that now. So. That is impressive. Yeah. yeah. So you've already gotten up to this. So maybe we could just keep adding you in little, each little, little baby water sip. You could do that. Well, okay. let me ask you this: Do you do you want to be a better speaker, or are we just like forcing something on you that you don't even want? <laughs> I don't know how many speeches I'm going to give in my life. But I would like to be a better speaker. Yes. Oh, well, then, all right. So we're not forcing something on you. So I'm I'm with Steve on this one. Then add add a little something every month. How about that? Sounds good. The coach in me is coming out right now. <laughs> I like it. All right. So then we'll just work our way toward that. Can do that that yeah. makes me exciting. For that advice, do you want me to just build a company? Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, just build hot take. Invoice us. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Won't get paid anything. I, get, okay. I find this immense joy of watching Brad squirm. <laughs> it's like this. I like putting him in spots. And then, I mean, the good news is it gets him out of his comfort zone. But I do enjoy watching. And, like, the very, I think it was Michelle's our first female guest. Just the whole dynamic of just watching Brad get out of his comfort zone. I enjoy it. Michelle, Michelle's good at that. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So what we need to do is come up with a way to mess with Steve because it's not fair that he's only messing with you. It's fine. He's messing with me in his own way. So um, Brad's much more of the organized of the two. So he's constantly on me. Like, are you ever going to get, this together. So some of it's not my fault. Some of the time, like our guest next week, we just finally, I mean, there's only so much I can do there, but I mean, but other things, yeah, I tend to kind of be loose ended. A little scattered. Yeah. A little scattered. But Wait, um, so you're like the business manager. Yeah. Which is weird that you're that way. Cause for the ambassadors, you take the notes and you do a fabulous job. So yeah, on certain things are really good. Like, but other things I just can like when we, when we used to go for away for a race for a weekend, Brad would be texting me Monday. I already know what I'm going to pack. And oh. like he'd be getting ready and he'd have it figured out. And then I would be like Friday texting him. So what do you think I should bring? Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> and Brad probably packed extra for whatever it is you forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, so, I mean, yeah, that's just what it is. I got to be prepared. Yeah. Everybody, oh, that's well, you know what? That's why the world works is because we're all different. <laughs> yeah. So, and oh. strengths and weaknesses and right. so on and so forth. So Right. All right, well, so we'll take a break. We'll come back through the top five. Right. Go from there. All right. All right. Now we're on to our top five list. And today's top five is top five shoes, real or fictional? This could get interesting. Can I just introduce this? Yeah. People are going to think, they're going to be like, why are you talking about shoes? Because I got to pick it. That's why we're talking about shoes. <laughs> so. Yeah. But I mean, I love shoes too. So I, I'm okay. perfectly all about this. Okay. So, yeah. So you guys are, I don't know what you guys are going to bring up, but I'm talking about actual shoes that I own. So this will be really interesting because our lists are going to be so different. 
Um, I've owned four of mine. The one, ah, the one when I say it, you'll know that I probably didn't <laughs> own. So. I own two. They're my top two. Anyway, number five on my list is Data's oil shoes from Goonies. Nice. Oh, I just love those for some yeah. It's a great movie too. It is. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. So mine is kind of similar to yours. Number five for me is the PF Flyers from The Sandlot. Also a great movie. So and I have had a pair of PF Flyers a long time ago, but it was a long time ago. I know Matt Sale owns actually a pair of PF Flyers, which is kind of cool. It is. That has inspired me to think about ordering a pair, but yeah. So yeah, PF Flyers. I feel like a bunch of people are going to order them after listening <laughs> to this. <laughs> Um, so mine are not from a movie, but I've been told that they look like they could be from The Wizard of Oz because mine are bright pink heels that are like suede with um, satin toes. Number five. <laughs> I would feel like some just listening to that, I feel like it would be hard to pair that with. I've noticed my wife's shoe collection is very neutral. Mm-hmm. Like, and nothing, I mean, she has a pair of pink shoes that she's worn once in a while, but it seems like... They're all very, she can wear them with multiple outfits. So I would think that pink with suede would be very tough to pair up. Well, I have over 200 pairs of shoes, so I can wear multiple pairs with multiple outfits. So you're not worried about that? <laughs> no. She carries a bag around. I do. I do. Yeah. Time. All right, my number four is the PF Flyers from Sandlot. So. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Good job, buddy. I know you can count on that. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean... It did. It's an iconic shoe. It is. And when, I remember when I had the Matt's, not to keep talking about Matt's shoes, but they look, <laughs> they're like, they're 2.0'd, so they're like updated with today's material. So they actually look comfortable. When I had that pair of those, oh, they were better than the Chuck Taylors are now. They did not look very comfortable. <laughs> like, and they weren't, I mean, I, like, nothing like the big set that Matt has, so. Um, I'm on the fence because I have two shoes and I can't decide which one I want to do. So I'm going to go with, all right, I'm going with the shell toes, Adidas, normal shell toes. Oh. So if, to make it easy for people, that may not, it's the Run DMC yeah. shoe. Okay, do so. they still make those? Oh, yeah. Do yeah. they? Mm-hmm. Oh. So, do you yeah. own them? I have, used to. I don't have. I haven't had an updated pair of shell toes in a long time. Because those who own a pair of shell toes would know, but they're really hard to keep clean. Because at least with the leather, if you get a little dirty, you can kind of like wipe them off. But that rubber, once it gets scuffed, you're done. It's permanently on there, and you cannot do anything. Do you own those? No. Oh. I want a pair. All right, get on online after this. So, um, okay, my number four is a snakeskin pair of wedges. I bet neither of you own those. <laughs> Hasn't cracked my list yet. No, so. maybe maybe another time. But yes, my snakeskin wedges that have like an ankle strap. That's I did have a pair of snakeskin, like fake snakeskin, yeah, uh, workout shoes for a little. Really? The last pair when I was really working out, it was that. And the only reason I bought them is because I like to wear athletic shoes at work. And I was like, I can get away with these. They were kind of brownish greenish, and they didn't look very athletic-y. Like I could have, and I did sneak them in a lot. So did they make you faster? No, they oh. didn't do anything like that for me. <laughs> hmm. Unfortunately. All right, well, I'm going to change my number three then. Jackie inspired me. It was Chuck Taylor's, but now I'm going to go with Gators. Oh. Really? Pit boots. Yeah. I like it. It's a good one. You should get a pair. I would like to, but I don't have anything to wear with them. The, well, you could get a whole suit with a hat and a cane. I think we're on the work. Who says your shoes have to match what you're wearing? You can wear them with what you have on right now. Shorts, like <laughs> basketball shorts and a t-shirt. Who cares? <laughs> Just around the house. <laughs> so number three for me would be a pair of Jordan ones. If I had to be specific, it'd be the black and red ones without the white on them. So What are they? It's a Michael Jordan's first shoe. Oh. It was made at the time. It was They call it. It's called the band Jordan because... The NBA, you had to have a certain amount of weight on your shoe, and it didn't have any weight. Oh. So, um, and so then they've been subsequently released, and you can buy them. And I just have never time to write to be able to get a pair. Hmm. They're 
very black and very red. And if I ever do get a pair, I'm going to wear a pair for Aaron because everything my brother wears is black and red. So. I can picture those. I know what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, my number three, I actually wore here tonight and they are just my um, favorite flip flops. They're Tevas and they're um, basic flip flops, but everybody needs a good comfortable pair of flip flops. But I'll tell you a secret about these particular shoes. If they get wet and don't dry properly, they stink. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, they're in your house right now. <laughs> That's right. All right. Number two are the Brooks Dyads. My favorite pair of running shoes. I love that you said that. I'm headed there. So why don't you tell me what you love about them? They're probably the most comfortable pair of shoes I've put on my feet. I mean, I don't know. If it's probably the cushioning, but I just I felt like pillows on my feet. <laughs> for running. I still wear them once in a while. Did they make you faster? Well, I think they might have. There you go. I think it was the first pair of shoes I bought after my injury. Oh. Hmm. Mine's the Burke Ghost because it was the shoe I competed in that very tragic, painful marathon and <sighs> that I just barely finished. Where so, was the marathon? In Grand Rapids. Okay. So it was oh, many moons ago, but I love that shoe. It was super comfortable. That shoe was perfect. It was the most perfect running shoe I ever had on. It didn't have any of the gizmos and gadgets that, like, you know, air cushions and all this other stuff. It just was a plain, old-school shoe, and it took a poop ton of miles because I ran a lot. And it, everything I pounded on, it took just kept going. So... I look at them all the line. I find them. I always look at clearance. I'm like, I should just buy another pair. But the problem is, the only colors I left are just nasty, ugly <laughs> colors. Just like, especially for clearance. It's like yeah. someone threw up at the end of yes. the marathon right on those <laughs> shoes. Like, oh, that'll look good. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. My number two is cowboy boots, preferably with fringe. It's <laughs> my thing. I love them. Alice's mom has a pair of those when she looked she I think so. I think I've seen her in Texas. When we were Michigan, yeah. Texas. Can wear them anywhere. Mm-hmm. Year round, summer with shorts, winter with jeans. Yeah. Do you have a pair of cowboy boots? Nope. You should. Maybe I'll get a red pair. Every guy should own a pair of cowboy boots, I think. I've heard they're really comfortable. They are very comfortable. But I don't have a pair either, <laughs> that being said. So. <laughs> you go get a red pair. There you go. Sure. Add that to the list. All right. Number one, it's probably from a movie too, but the Nike Cortezes. I, that was, you know, how I was thinking about two shoes in my head. The Cortez was there. Yeah. So it's Forrest Gump ran in them. So. Oh, yeah. Have a pair. I love them. Yeah, new pair. But... Yeah, I was thinking that the pair you have, I know you've had for a long time, but you still keep them looking really good. And that's impressive. For as long as you've had them, they look good. Well, the dad's side coming out, right? Yeah. The white ball that <laughs> yeah, he scrubs that when he sees you. <laughs> Any honorable mention you want to say while you're here? Um, I like you fight Hirachis. Hirachis. Like the Fat Five ones? Yes. Good I got job. the Reebok Pump. Oh, um, man. <laughs> the Air Jordan 11s. That's what's coming up right now. Oh, the Holy Grails. That's your number one? That's my number one. That's the shoe. I can't, I, I don't know. I've had that shoe as my wallpaper on Facebook. I've had it my wallpaper at computer at work. I've had it, I've had it a couple different times. And all every time I've ever owned the shoe, I've worn them and people have made me ridiculous offers for them. And then I just look down and I'm like, all right, fine. I'll sell them. So, like, <laughs> and like, I usually, and then they're supposedly coming out this Christmas again. So I'll think about the original color scheme, white, black, patent leather. That is, and if I know Mamashinsky is listening. So that is the <laughs> shoe that I sold them when I was wearing a foot locker, when they made their state championship. Well, when they made their state playoff run. So is- that, is Allison listening? She, Allison already knows that. They're coming out for Christmas. Well, <laughs> she's heard me talk about it, but she knows that shoe. I've always priced that shoe because I always try to find it, but I just can't spend $300 on a pair of shoes. I know. It's just really hard to do it because when it gets that much money, I just won't wear it. Like, right. It'll just sit there. So, But 
Uh, <laughs> and it's funny because we'll, we'll watch something on TV and we're like, oh, look, so-and-so's wearing them right there. Must be nice to be a celebrity because you can get them anytime you want. So, yeah. Honorable mention for me, Ruby Red Slippers from The Wizard of Oz. Oh, so yeah. so similar to my number five. <laughs> yeah. I, heels. <laughs> kick around in there. I mean, like, is there anything really? I mean, that's pretty epic. Those are those are pretty awesome yeah, shoes, yeah. So. Um, and then you always hear stories about there's only what, like three left, and one's in a museum, and the other two mm-hmm. are owned by private collectors, right? And so all that crazy stuff. So anything like that could go for like a million dollars on an auction is pretty cool. Yeah, so. That is true. I don't know that I would pay that much for those shoes. No, I don't think I would either. No. <laughs> um. Any other honorables? I mean, there's a lot in my head, but I just <laughs> the Ruby right the the slippers from I thought of Cinderella too, because like oh, yeah. the idea of one shoe could change your life. I always like that. So it's very nice. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I really had. I mean, I could go on about shoes all day, and I will hopefully we'll do a shoe pods at some point if we can get the right person on. Which I don't know who that person is. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Jackie's probably the closest person I know that has as much joy for shoes. It's just hers are a little more fancy. Than well, I don't know that I'm going to know, like, all these movie shoes and stuff. <laughs> I can talk all day long about my shoes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so my number one is was, like, your number two or something, but my running shoes, my Brooks Glycerins. So. How cool are we? All these Brooks. Yeah. They, actually, when I started wearing Brooks is when my hip pain went away for running. So will always be probably one of my favorite shoes. Um, but I, I don't have honorable mentions, but I have to apologize for my other shoes that I didn't mention. I love all of you guys. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> They're listening. I feel, I feel bad that I couldn't pick them all. <laughs> They're like my children. Um, no. And if I did, I wouldn't tell everybody on here. But, but I do take very good care of them. and. They have special racks made for them that a good friend of mine made and they're, they get dusted and they get worn. They all get worn at least several times a year. So, um, yeah. So I apologize to all those other shoes, but these were my top five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Solid. I like it. I like it was hard to pick top five. Yeah. It was challenging. Had a tear. <laughs> I feel okay. like, well, I feel like if it was winter time, I might not have had the flip-flops. I might have had, like, my favorite winter boots instead. But it's hot out, so the flip-flops won. So we should bring you in for each season. Right. And I'll have all these shoes by then, so I might change. Some of these might wear out by then, so just never know. <laughs> I really thought about just keeping it basketball shoes for me because it would have gotten a couple more in. But it's I don't okay. know. I knew you were going to have some dress shoes, so I felt like I needed to have some <laughs> Other than just like okay, whatever. It's okay. I get it. It's a bunch of Jordans. <laughs> so, yeah. no, it's all good. All right. Well, we'll wrap this one up. We'll come back. We'll do the what you're doing this weekend, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about what we got planned for August. So, all right. All right. All right. What are we doing this weekend? What are you doing this weekend? I was going to go to Hairspray in the park Saturday. Yes, that's the answer I wanted. Nice. Other than that, I don't know, but we'll see. So, Tuesday's trivia. You'll be there. I I don't know if I'll be there. But Wednesday, um, out at the Presque House is the last music coming in they do. And Charles is playing out there. So that's cool. Um, And then... That's all I know of till the weekend, and then we have Hairspray in the Park this Saturday. $5 sunglasses. $5 sunglasses. And then I feel like there's something else going on this weekend, too, that I can't think of it at this second. I don't know. So we're just going to Hairspray? Yeah. It's great. I saw it in theater. You'll love it. Awesome. We'll have our pop-up tent down there. And then we're trying to, I need to talk, have you, you have seen it? Mm-hmm. Is it set back in time or is it current? Did he, like, did they, like, update it to make it current? No, it's, they're in, like, period costume. Okay. Is that what you call yeah. it? So, because <laughs> okay. Bruce has a couple of classic cars. We always see a car down in the concert of the park and then 
sometimes we give stuff out. So we were thinking about maybe getting a classic card out of there for the hairspray, which would be kind of something a little different. You, yeah, you should. Or he should. That'd yeah. be great. Just give Everett a call. Ooh. Get there. In El Paso. Yeah. Get there early so you can sit up front and see. Yeah. What time is it at? Seven? Um, well, six o'clock it starts. So. Oh, so we'll be there at like four. <laughs> there are four bread. Right. Yeah. No, that'll be fun. It's good. Yeah. You got anything planned this weekend, exciting? Um, my best friend's coming home from Boyne. Oh, wow. And so we are going to a cottage all weekend and we are going to boat and play in the water. So that is my weekend. It's going to be super fun. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's nothing more Alpine and E than just doing the things on the water all weekend. Yep. Getting sunburned because you still didn't prepare yourself right because of the sun reflecting off the water. And how's the weather supposed to be? I don't have 90 on Saturday. There, yeah, there's time. a chance. Usually when she comes home, we'll ride our bikes around Hubbard Lake too, which is, it'll take about an hour and a half. So um, we may do that depending on how things go. <laughs> awesome. Um, next week we have Sue Aller coming on. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it took a lot of work for me to get her on. <laughs> it was a process, but it's exciting nonetheless to have her on. And then um, after that, I don't remember what I have on. Does she know you don't talk politics? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. And I'm sending them the a more um, comprehensive episode guide. Script? So, yeah. script. So, she'll, <laughs> nothing will be, yeah. She'll okay. be well aware of what's going to go on. And, yeah, we don't talk very politicky. Brad doesn't want, Brad, Brad does not like to talk about politics. So, nobody likes to talk about politics. So, Least favorite things to talk. Just don't, just don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, we have Bobby from Bob's Woolpen coming uh-huh. on, and then Christine with Tusky. Is that what you With Tusky yeah. from Jesse Besser Museum. She's going to be on this month. She just bumped back a week, so that's what I got. And awesome. Then, yeah, it's good. There's good people on. I'm excited. So, and then uh, yeah. So, other than that, you got anything you got? Thank you for coming on. No, this was fun. You. Yeah, you guys are pretty funny. I think it's, I think it's, I love listening, but I also love sitting here watching you too. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's an experience. <laughs> it is, yes. I heard today that somebody else is thinking about doing this exact same thing. Oh, are they? Yep, and I totally think they should because hey. I listen. So, mm-hmm. I think if you can find other people around Alpena that you're interested in getting to know and talk about, I'm all for it, so you should have to go for it. So I don't know if this person listens and they are worried about, but they shouldn't be, and you should go ahead and do it. It's awesome. Good luck to them. And we also have a listener that's thinking about doing a vlog, and he keeps dragging his feet, and he should do it. He should just do it. Yes. Yes. should go ahead and do it. So, sure. Because why not? You have nothing to lose. Just do it. Yes. Steal from the, the shoe theme. Just yeah. do it. So there you go. All right. Anything you want to add? No, I'm good. We're going to be on the road next week. We are. So Travis can have the house to himself. <laughs> yes. So, all right, Jackie, thanks for coming. Thanks, guys. Thank all right. See you.